The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your servant who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat? Put on your apron and wait on me while I eat and drink. You may eat and drink when I am finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all you have been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, increase our faith. And then the Lord replies, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is really, really tiny, in case you've never seen the, uh, a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So Jesus is being a little silly there, but he's trying to make a point. That, as he then goes on to say about this servant, if you would just listen to me and do what you're supposed to do, your faith would increase. So here you are. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're putting yourself, and I'm speaking to all of you now, you're putting yourself here on a Sunday morning where God has called you to be. Remember that you're here not because you simply decided to come, but because you answered God's voice. If today you hear his voice, what did we say? Harden not your hearts. So praise God, your hearts were not hardened this morning. When your alarm went off and you were like, oh, I don't know if I want to go up right now. But you got up and you're here. Your hearts were not hardened, which is a blessing. That's a gift. So when we listen to that voice of the Lord more and more, our faith increases and we start to see him in more and more places, so to speak. We see his hand in our lives. We feel his love more and more. We start to see things the way that he sees them. And that can be a challenge. How about that first reading? Very well read. Thank you very much for emphasizing the anguish of the prophet. How long, O oh Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. Can anybody relate to that sentiment? Of course, right? We got to be honest with God. God already, already knows what we're thinking and what we're feeling. So don't try to pretend when you go to prayer like everything is just fine. He knows everything is not fine. Be honest, right? Tell him if you're feeling terrible or crummy or sad or angry or confused. Whatever it is, just be honest. 
I was talking to my spiritual director this week, and he shared this line of wisdom with me. You have to reveal it in order to heal it. You got to bring it to the light in order for the light of the world to heal it and to make sense of it, to help you process it. So you got to reveal it in your prayer in order for God to heal it and to help you process it and to give you hope to move forward, to keep going. And so as we go on in this first reading, the Lord answers. The Lord answers. Write down the vision clearly upon the tablets so that one can read it readily. For the vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment, and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. So don't just do something, wait. Oh, wait, is that how that goes? Yes, that is how that goes. I'm obviously playing on what we normally say, right? Don't just stand there, do something. So this is a little, uh, what's the, you know, this is counterintuitive. This wisdom from the Lord here is counterintuitive because we do say typically, don't just stand there, do something. How many Marthas out there? <laughs> there they are, okay. Right, so don't just do something, but wait. And it's so hard to wait, isn't it? How many of us like to wait? Oh, and we're so good at it, aren't we? Not. Not. Especially with these things now, you know? Just swipe and you can buy it and it'll be delivered in a day. Woo! We are so bad at waiting. But we have to learn how to wait on the Lord. We have to ask him for that grace, for that help. It's not easy. It's not easy. Not for me, not for anybody. It's not easy. But here's a promise, and the Lord is faithful to his promises. It will surely come. It will not be late. The rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. Mm. So you got to chew on that. You know, this is really good stuff. This is really good stuff. We got to chew on this. We got to meditate on it. We just got to ask the Lord to affirm it for us in our hearts. Because I'm sure the temptation is to look at the news or, you know, family situations that may seem hopeless. They may seem hopeless. But that's the, the beauty, in a sense, of Jesus, our Savior, going to the cross to save us. Because if there's anything that looked hopeless, it was that. Can I get an amen? amen? And many of his best friends ditched him that afternoon. Thankfully, he had a few faithful friends, including his mother, who were standing there, who believed, who were waiting and hoping and trusting that his promise would be fulfilled. 
Because he said it, in three days I will rise. He said it multiple times throughout his public ministry. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to die. But on the third day, I will rise. Now, they didn't know what that meant. But for those who were pondering what he had said, who were keeping these things in their hearts like Mary did, they were able to stay the course. See where I'm going with this? Right? So for all of us, everybody here this morning, God is counting on you, in a sense, to help stay the course. Because you all know there's all kinds of craziness out there, right? And really, this church should be full at 9.30. I mean, 7.30, I can understand. Maybe it's kind of early, right? 9.30 on October 2nd, this place should be full. And it's not. So that's not on you. But what I'm saying is, you're here. Thanks be to God. So God's really counting on, on all of you to stay the course, to keep hope alive. Even in the face of hopelessness. To believe that he's going to come through in a miraculous way. I believe it's coming. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Right? God will be acting in a sovereign way. He's going to make his presence felt to everybody. And we believe that. We believe that God is with us. A lot of people have given up that. Right? Unfortunately, sadly. But we believe that God is here and that he is with us and that he is for us and that he has a future and a hope in store for his church and for the world. Yes, we're going through a tough time, but it's not hopeless. It is not hopeless. What did Mary say at Fatima? We're coming up on October 13th, the, mir- the anniversary of the miracle of the sun. I'm going to be there just after the miracle of the sun. I'm going to go with my mom to Fatima. We're leaving October 18th, so I'll bring all of you with me in my heart to the feet of Our Lady at Fatima. She said, among many other things, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Scream it from the mountaintops. Her immaculate heart will triumph. She promised that. And Pope Benedict, Pope Francis have said that prophecy has not yet been fulfilled. But let's pray that it's fulfilled in our time, in our day. And I believe that will be the case, more than likely. So she offers us so much hope. She teaches us how to pray and how to stay the course. This Friday is the feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, Our Lady of Victory. I can't get into that history right now, but if you don't know the history of Our Lady of the Rosary, which used to be called Our Lady of Victory, look it up. That's your homework for today's Mass. Our Lady of Victory, check it out. It's an amazing story. So many victories have been won through prayer, especially with the Rosary. So in closing, I want to give a shout out to our guardian angels. As I said, it's October 2nd. 
And when I first joined the seminary, now 28 years ago, if you can believe that, we had this, uh, oh, thank you. Praise God. Praise God. We had this uh, hermit come to visit us. He was a Jewish medical doctor, and he converted to Catholicism and became a hermit. And he was family friends with one of the guys who was joining the seminary with me. His name was Brother Anthony, this hermit. Had this huge head of gray hair, big old beard, deep voice. And he was a med- you know, had been a medical doctor. And somehow around the breakfast table that morning after mass, we get talking about guardian angels. It wasn't, it wasn't October, it was June, I think. But anyway, this one seminarian said, well, you know, I don't know if I really believe in my guardian angel. And this brother Anthony, like a a mystic, like read his soul. And he just looked at him and he said, your guardian angel has saved your life seven times. (laughs) And he was, he like had this vision or something, I don't know. And he was, this seminarian was just humiliated and shocked and, and, you know, ashamed of himself and his lack of faith. And he's like, you're right. You're right, Brother Anthony. So then we got talking and somebody was saying, well, if you pray the prayer to your guardian angel three times before you go to bed with the intention of getting to know your guardian angel better, you'll wake up in the morning And your angel's name will will come into your head. So I'm not naming your guardian angel. You shouldn't just name it. But it came to me. So I said, okay. So I did that. I prayed before I went to bed. And when I woke up, sure enough, the name Stephen popped into my head. And we didn't have a Stephen in our class. And I didn't have a friend named Stephen. So it was not something that was, it wasn't a name normally on my mind. So Stephen it is. So Stephen and I have definitely gotten to be better buddies over these last 28 years. So when I say the prayer to the guardian angel to myself, I always slip his name in there. We say it this way. Angel sent by God to guide me. Stephen, be my light and walk beside me. Be my guardian and protect me. On the paths of life, direct me. Amen. And the more traditional one is angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me. Commits me here, ever this day be at my side to light and rule, to guard and guide. Amen. So try that, especially the kids. I love telling this story at schools because then the next day all the kids come in and say, I got it, I got it. So you may not get it right away. Okay, alert, warning. You may not get it right away, but keep asking. And it always comes. It always comes. So tonight, before you go to bed, Try to remember. You might be mourning the loss of the Lions today, but try to forget about that. I'll be celebrating a Packer victory, I'm sure. And pray the prayer to your guardian angel three times before you go to bed. And when you wake up, just listen and wait for a name to come to you. And go with it. And then start to develop a friendship with your guardian angel who will definitely help lead you closer to Jesus. Amen.